humans of the world. It's me, Ellie Krug, with Ellie 2.0 Radio and lovely AM 950, speaking to you from the bunker in Eden Prairie. How are you? Happy, happy Saturday to you. Happy, yeah, happy Saturday. Um, of course, I'm taping this the day before, and I am going to tell you, uh, I'm wearing a sweater, like a like a fall sweater. I turned, uh, to come to the studio today, I turned on the, the <laughs> warm the seat button. I ain't liking this. I ain't liking this at all. Uh, but it's coming, and uh, we just got to deal with it. And I just, uh, I just, we got, we got September, we got October, and then we get into what I call the fa- five bad boys. November, December, January, February, March, the five bad boys. Always dealing with the five bad boys. Okay, all right, all right. All right, well, we have a great show. Um, and I'm thrilled that you're here, and I'm thrilled that I'm back. We've had three weeks of, of uh, best of Ellie's, and that's just the way it has to be because of some things, but I'm back. And so we have a great show. The big interview is with a woman named Katie White. She's 39 years old. She's a heart transplant recipient whose life course shifted, as you might expect, okay? And you will... You will absolutely love her. And in my C block, I'm going to talk about uh, something big for me. But let's begin with this week's featured idealist. It's a person whose name I didn't know until three weeks ago, and I'm going to guess that you didn't know her either. I'm talking about Mary Peltola, who on this coming Tuesday will be sworn in as Alaska's sole representative in Congress. Alaska, big, big state, not a whole lot of people. So it only gets one, one uh, representative in the House of Representatives, and she's going to be sworn in. You may recall that she defeated Sarah Palin <laughs> in a special election to fill the remaining several months of Republican Don Young's seat. Don Young died in March of 2022. Who is this idealist, Mary Peltola, the first native Alaskan to ever be elected to either the U.S. House or Senate, like ever, Okay. To begin, Mary's father was a Nebraskan who moved to Alaska to be a teacher and a pilot. I bet that guy has a story, too. His mother, her mother, Mary's mother, was from uh, Quetlethik, I just murdered that, I'm sure, Alaska. And she's of Yupik, Y-U-P-I-K, Yupik, heritage. So she's indigenous. And in August 1973, Mary was born in Anchorage. She grew up in a native community and in a politically active family as her father traveled around Alaska campaigning for Congressman Don Young, her co- her, uh, who was a Republican. Her college years were spent studying elementary education at the University of Northern Colorado in the early 90s. So she went to school to be a teacher and then at various University of Al- Alaska campuses. Along the way, in 1995, Mar- Mary uh, Peltola won the, quote, Miss National Congress of American Indians pageant. In the competition, she performed two uh, Yupik dances and wore traditional clothing of a squirrel, a squirrel skin parka, wolf hair, and a wolf hairdress and mucklucks. Okay? It just, hey, it's Alaska. Okay? And she is obviously very, very proud. By the time that Mary was 23... She was interning at the Alaska legislature. She quickly ran for uh, the Bethel seat in the legislature, so she quickly ran to 
get a house, get a seat in the House of Representatives in the Alaska legislature. She was 24 at the time, but she lost to the incumbent by 50 votes. However, two years later, in 1998, Mary went back, tried to run again, and uh, she got the seat for Bethel to the Alaska House of Representatives. She won. She beat the incumbent. While in the House, Mary rebuilt what was called the Bush Caucus, a nonpartisan group of representatives and senators. Now, will you remember that word nonpartisan, okay? Nonpartisan group of representatives and senators who represented rural and off-road Alaskan communities. It's a new phrase I'm learning, off-road community. Not, we don't have many of those here in Minnesota, if any. In doing that, okay, in, in you know, helping to reignite the Bush caucus, Mary Peltola... Um, helped sponsor legislation relating to school safety, fishing, fisheries, inhalant abuse, and judicial districts. And a lot of this stuff is kind of like, you know, the backbone kind of stuff of creating a state. I mean, because remember, Alaska, all the admitted to the union in, what, 1951? I might be wrong on that, but in the 50s, and, you know, um, maybe it was 59. And, um, yeah, so, there, you know, it's not like Minnesota, which is who knows, 100 and some odd years old. And given the way politics are in Alaska, in 2010, Mary helped Lisa Mikowski, another Republican, win her Senate seat with a write-in campaign. But Mary's a Democrat. That's how she's identified. Mary was then elected to the Bethel City Council and was out of politics for several years, serving as a lobbyist, then as the executive director of an intertribal fish commission. And you know fishing is up there in Alaska, it's threatened right now. I mean, I'm seeing multiple stories about the salmon not coming back. I'm seeing multiple stories about indigenous people um, having to change like dramatically uh, because they just don't have the fish. For the special election that occurred, okay, most recently in June, um, there was initially 50 candidates for the primary, okay? So can you imagine a primary with 50 candidates? And remember, they have ranked choice voting in Alaska, which I think sounds kind of wonderful. And after that, after the primary with 50, Mary was one of five who advanced to uh, the election, the general election. And in that election, Mary garnered 51.48% of the vote compared to Sarah Palin, former governor. You know her, former vice presidential candidate. Sarah Palin got uh, 48.52%. So Mary carried uh, the vote by about 3%. Um, compared to Sarah Palin. And speaking of Sarah Palin, <clears throat> not that I'm particularly happy about that, Mary and Palin uh, actually are friends. They bonded when both of them were pregnant with Palin as governor and Mary as a state rep. And it's known in Alaska politics that Mary Peltola is, quote, never bitter, never angry, and never partisan. She's known as a sweetheart, but she's also known as being tough. Imagine having that reputation in politics, that you're, that you're never bitter, never angry, never partisan. Could, can, <laughs> can you imagine what that would be like right now in Congress and also in the Minnesota State House? Um, State House being obviously a lot better than in Congress right now about how they treat each other, but how old-fashioned and how greatly needed today in America. 
right now where we are. Now, there will be another matchup between Mary and Sarah Palin in November. But until then, Mary is making history as the first Alaska native to serve in Congress and the first woman to represent Alaska in the House. And uh, get Mary Peltola on your radar, okay? She's only 49 years old. I am absolutely positive that you are going to hear more about her. Very positive. I have no doubt that it sounds like she's the kind of leader that can bring people along on this nonpartisan thing. Um, it would be really, really great. Fearless as she is, it would be really great that she gets reelected in November and that she goes forward infusing Alaska politics into U.S. politics. Can you imagine that? Okay. All right. Well, that's what we've got for the uh, A Block. Um, when we come back, you're going to love, absolutely love my interview with um, Katie White. And uh, then we'll have the C Block. All right. We'll be back in a minute. Thanks so very much. LA 2.0 Radio. So, um, like I said, read up on Mary Peltola. You're going to hear far more about her going forward. Yeah, yeah. Nice idealist. And now for the big interview. We have another idealist. We have somebody who's got a story that I think all of you will be touched by. And all of you will be, by the time we're done, you'll be rooting for her. And I know you're going to be going to her website. I have on the line with me here, Katie White. Katie, welcome to LE 2.0 Radio. How are you today? Thank you. I am good. Thank you for having me. I am just thrilled that you are here. And there's a little bit of story that I need to share about how it is that you got here, okay? And how we ended up knowing each other. So you and I both live in Victoria. We both live out in uh, Lennar land. <laughs> and I've Lake, got Lake Town. Lake Town, that's right. And Lake I've and I have a I have a house uh, that has a backyard and uh, there's a little bit of a scrub area and then and then you live in a townhouse uh, that kind of dead ends towards close to my backyard, right? And you um, and we both are dog people, so I, my audience knows that I have Jack the gold, White Golden Retriever that is well loved, but a pain in the butt. And you have two. You have two dogs. Two are I they? Do. Are they huskies? Uh, one is a husky mix, Rye, and Daisy, the baby. She just turned five. She is a Australian Shepherd Lab mix. Okay. All right. Well, so you move in last year to your townhouse. And of course, you're far enough away that 
I don't come over and say hello because you're not like a next door neighbor, but at any rate, but we meet each other walking the dogs, right? We do. And it was winter. It was winter. Yep. So we, you went several months without me even getting to know you and, and, um, there you go. And I need to change the way I do that. And so, but, and we don't even exchange names. We're just like, hi, how are you? You know, and, and, you know, your dog's like my dog and, you know, they do the sniffing and all that kind of stuff. And then we just go our separate ways. And that happened a couple of different times. Oh, yeah. Several times that we saw each other. And you yeah. were, you were always friendly and all that stuff. And, and I know this is, I'm supposed to be interviewing you and here I am saying all this stuff, but hold on. Okay. And so, okay. and so, but then you go missing and I don't see you. Yes, I went miss M I A missing. And, and then your, then it turns out it's your mother. Mm-hmm. One day is walking the dogs, and I see her, and I say hi, how are you? I know these dogs, and then she says to me, "Did you, do you know about Katie?" And because I did not even know your name, I said no, and she <laughs> said, "Well, she's down at the Mayo, waiting for a heart transplant." And that's how I got to know you. And, and, and your mother, Diane, asked, for my, asked if, I could ta- if an emergency happened that I could take care of the dogs. You know, of course, I said so. And I gave her my, you know, I put my, taped my card and a note to the front, to your door, and so that she would have that. And then fast forward, I don't see you for months, okay? I see your, your mom every once in a while. I ask, how, you, how is she doing? She's like, she's waiting for a heart. And then... Three weeks ago, I'm out in the back playing with Jack, and you come out starting yelling at me. <laughs> Ellie! <laughs> I'm home. <laughs> yeah, hi. <laughs> I'm alive. <laughs> and then we got to know each other. And yeah. as soon as I heard your story, I'm like, she needs to be on the show. Okay, enough about that. So, Katie, give us a little bit. Tell us a little bit of how old you are, okay? And if you can, tell yeah. us, you know, I know a little bit about your health history. Share what you, you know, you know, it has to be kind of reader's digest, but take us to that day, you know, you're living in Grand Marais and then you go down to Abbott just for what you thought was a regular checkup. So go ahead. Yeah, I'm Katie, Katie White. Um, I'm 38 years old. I had a heart transplant on May 15th of 2022. So Oh gosh, what does that make me like a hundred and twenty days out, eighteen days out, something like that? Um, I was born with congenital heart disease, aortic stenosis. I'm not sure how much everyone's familiar with that, but a lot of babies are born with congenital heart disease. Um, my heart disease just was very complex and needed a lot of surgeries. Um, I had six previous heart surgeries to fix my heart growing up from a baby until 17. And then um, I went into heart failure, like Ellie said, uh, January 6th, I believe, January 5th, I went down to Abbott Northwestern Hospital for a routine every two year cardiac CT scan. I was very ill before that, but didn't really know what was going on. And they told me I was in heart failure and told me, um, it looks like your heart is at the end of its road. It's probably gotten you as far as it's going to get you. So you need a new heart. And so 
the journey, that's when the journey started. And um, Can I interrupt you? Because you had been up and living in Grand Marais with your, yes. with your husband. And with you, my husband. And you were a nurse. You were a bedside yep. nurse up in Grand Marais, right? Yep. Um, for seven and a half years, I did bedside nursing for 15 years prior to this. So my husband, Jason, and I and the dogs were living up in Grand Marais. And um, on a, ho- a house, two acres with apple trees, two acres, apple we trees, apple trees and pear trees and had plants for the garden and blah, blah, blah. Loving life up there. We love, loved Grand Marais, the community, everything. And um, unfortunately, I haven't even been back to Grand Marais since January 5th of 2021 because. Um, as soon as you kind of start on that heart transplant road, you have, um, you can only be four hours from the transplant facility and it, you know, we all love Grand Marais, but it's very remote and, um, not a, probably a smart place for me to be while waiting for a heart transplant. So my family and my husband packed up our home, sold our home. We moved and moved down to the Twin Cities where we're both from. But you didn't get to say goodbye because you were in the hospital, right? Yeah, so... um, So sad. Yeah, it is sad. So I'm really hoping to be able to get back up there at some point as soon as um, it makes sense to travel for me. Um, uh, And, but yeah, so anyways, January 2021, and then we went down to Mayo Clinic and got on the list. I got on the list for a heart transplant. And then February 6th of 2022, I was admitted to St. Mary's Hospital and waited at St. Mary's Hospital for three and a half months for my heart. Okay. And so and so you moved. You, you told me the story. The townhouse yes. that is behind my house. Yes. You and your mother found it, <laughs> yeah. bought it. And your yes. husband didn't even get a chance to see it. No, <laughs> I, I know my poor husband. He's the best. He, um, yeah, we toured the house and I said, we have to get this. This is perfect. The location. I mean, you know, Ellie, it's quiet, you know, as quiet as can be. And um, I put down the earnest money and called my husband and begged for forgiveness. And he called Scott, the manager, and talked about the garage and then it was fine. Uh, (laughs) He knew the garage situation. (laughs) I was out of jail with my husband. (laughs) So, all right. So, and so you're, you're waiting for the word from the Mayo while you're living in the townhouse, but then the the word, then it's like, all right, you got to come and you go in, in, it was it in February of 22? February of 22, I got very sick um, one Sunday, um, just really bad heart failure symptoms. And uh, my family drove me down to Mayo Clinic and they said, I think we just, you're here until you get a heart. That's just the way it's going to be. So I was admitted to St. Mary's Hospital, Nassau Tower 6, and um, lived there for three and a half months. You waited. I waited. Yep. Yes. Now you waited, told you, you told me, and and I know that our listeners might find this hard to believe, but you told me that you're very lucky because mm-hmm. you you met people down at the Mayo that have been at the Mayo waiting for a heart for years. Am I right? 
Well, I've heard about the people who okay. waited for years. There were people, but I did wait on the on my units with um, two other patients, congenital heart patients, waiting for hearts, and formed, you know, friendships with them and bonds with them. It's you know you kind of make that so quickly when you're in the same boat. But yeah, there there have been people that have waited for years for their hearts. Okay. Yeah, and that's just. Um, the way it is, the donor situation kind of has changed recently, but yeah. Okay. And then, um, what I, you, you, you have your, you have your transplant, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. And, but when did you start getting involved with art by the bedside? Cause that's really oh. one of the big reasons why I wanted to have you on the show. Yeah. So, um, I was introduced to it. Mayo has this program called Art at the Bedside, and Robin um, is the artist who um, does this program. And um, she came pretty early on in my hospital stay. And at first, she brought me some paints and like origami paper and encouraged me to do that kind of thing, which I loved. I jumped right into it. I made cards for people and paintings and whatever. Um, and then she brought this polymer clay and she kept saying, I think you'll like it. And I would say, eh, maybe next week. And she kept coming back and kept coming back. And um, I finally started experimenting with this polymer clay and started making earrings out of it. And um, I gave my nurses some of my first earrings and um, they weren't very good, <laughs> but um, I had to learn how to do it. But yeah, I just I just fell in love with making earrings, and I've just kept kept on it since then. Well, you told me. I mean, you've got a lot of time on your hands while you're in the hospital waiting, right? For your yeah. heart. Okay. And you told yeah. me that you started looking forward to this um, these I, visits, yeah. right? Oh, from oh yeah, definitely. I mean. You know, every Thursday she'd come like in the afternoon. Um, but yeah, you have, I mean, it's, there's nothing to do. It's, you know, it's a time in your life where you have no responsibilities. You have no housework. I mean, all of your meals are delivered. You're a patient for three and a half months. So there's a lot of hours to fill in the day. Right, right. And, and so, but, but. You, you get the heart, and then are you still doing art by the bedside as you're recovering from the surgery? Well, as soon as I was discharged from the hospital, I wasn't in that program anymore. But but then I um, actually, I set up, I stayed at a, a place called the Gift of Life Transplant House in Rochester. It's where all transplant patients can stay, um, bone marrow, solid organ. Um, and they have this beautiful um, sun-filled studio um, in the second floor of the house, and I set up my little clay studio there. Okay. And um, started an Instagram page, and I started selling my earrings. Um, and it just has kind of kept going from there. It's It was a great thing for me to do during recovery. And as yeah. you and, and you and I talked when we prepared for the show, I mean, what happened is you found an element of your authenticity, right? 
this artistic mm -hmm. bend. I mean, you know, you nursed for a very long time and involved with caring for people, but then you found this art and it's, it's, am I right that it's ignited yeah. you? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, um, a lot, anyone who's had heart surgery or any kind of medical problem, really, I mean, the left side of your brain gets really foggy and you're on a lot of medications and you can't always think straight, but the right side of your brain is your creativity, your creative side. And that just like came alive for me. And I, it just really, it pushed me forward. It gave me something to get out of bed for, um, you know, in the hospital and after the hospital, even if I was in pain or having, side effects. Um, I have a lot of side effects from my anti-rejection medication, um, like shaky hands. And it was therapy for me. You know, mm. it's, it, it gave me a reason to go. I mean, I want, it motivated me to keep going and to try and to try and to push. Right. Well, that, I mean, I, I think that's so wonderful. I mean, do, are you wearing your earrings right now? Can you, I show, am. can you show them to yes. us? Yes. So, oh, they're beautiful. Oh. Yeah. Thank so, you. Uh, so the, our listeners who are hearing this by, uh, you know, by the radio on Saturday have no idea that you are, well, gorgeous would be a mild word, but <laughs> you've got this Thank long, you. flowing uh, amber hair with with great curls that goes down your shoulders, and you gotta <laughs> you gotta pull your hair back for us to see those beautiful earrings. Yeah. Now, Katie, but you've gone on, okay, so this becomes something you, you find in the hospital, it ignites yes. you, and now you've created a darn business out of this. Do I have this right? I am. I'm creating, uh, I guess I have created a business, um, Katie White Designs, and um, it's been a huge challenge and exciting, and um, it's really pushed me, which I think is, like I said, it's really good when you're... I mean, it is so easy, trust me, when you're not feeling well to lay in bed and shut the shades. I mean, and we're all entitled to those days. I have those days. Right. But, um, yeah, it's been amazing to kind of build this business. And, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I launched a website, my website, a few weeks ago and have been just uh, learning all the business things. Okay, well, give us the website address so people can go check you out. Yep, it's Katie White Designs with an S on the end dot store. Dot store. Okay, dot and you're gonna store. and tomorrow you're gonna be in Victoria on 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 the tenth of yep. uh, September at Volkfest, right? At Volkfest. Yep. Correct. Okay. You're gonna have a little booth there, and you're gonna be I'll selling have a your booth, the sign, and I'll be the one with the big mask. Probably the only one with a big mask on outside. That, hey, you you do what you got to do. You know, yeah. so, so and you and I talked about whether you were an idealist, remember? And I asked you that. Mm -hmm. and that's what this show is also about. Yeah. But, but tell me why you are an idealist, because you told me you were. I think I am an idealist, yes. Um, well, I think... I'm an idealist because I have a very strong will to live. I mean, I've, I have fought many, many times. I mean, I had, this is, I've had seven heart surgeries and, um, and I just very much want to be part of this world. 
and make it a better place and um uh yeah that's about it <laughs> well know. no that's i mean that's pretty it's great <laughs> i mean it's amazing and like it is the most amazing thing to um you know think that maybe i'll be not in this world and then to get a new heart and to be able to be in this world and do all the things is incredible you know there so there for me there are a couple of lessons here okay so you know, I'm, I'm reminded of the Pretenders song, Hymn to Her, which is actually one of my favorite songs. But there's a line in that song about that goes to the effect of something is lost and then something is found. Mm-hmm. And it looks like you lost some things, some really big things, okay? Big things, big things. But then it looks like you found something yeah. big too. Am I right? That is perfect. That's a perfect... You know, that's perfect. Yes. And the other, the other takeaway for me as a human is this. Here you are in your house facing death, okay? Struggling. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I had no, I'm really sad about this actually. I had no idea. Had I known, I would have been at your door asking, what can I do? And I think that even me, Ellie Krug, the person who goes across the country teaching about how we need to talk to each other and all of that, I think that what this story for me reminds that I need to at least ask somebody's name, okay? Because that breaks the first barrier, you know? And I think that, Katie, it reinforces for me the need about neighbors and about us being willing to ask for help and, and to, to, to look for the need to help, you know? I agree. Yeah. And I think that I've learned through this process, those same lessons, because I think, especially as a Minnesotan, we're pretty, um, uh, closed off. Good word. Closed. No, I mean, well, you know, what do they say? Like a Minnesotan will give you directions anywhere except to their house. Right, right. Because like, well, it's uncomfortable. Um, and yeah, I think this experience has taught me the same thing. Like, it's okay to be open and to ask for help and to reach out, you know, to someone. You know, and... and who might and, need you. Who might need you. Right, and and now you and I have a budding new friendship. I'm so thrilled. <laughs> I know, me too. You know, I'm so thrilled you came out of your house three weeks ago and said, Ellie, and yelled at me. <laughs> yeah, well, it's so nice to have neighbors and to feel like I can be part of now this Victoria Chanhassen community since I lost yep. my um, Grand Marais community. Yep. And well, I didn't, lose, I didn't lose it at it's just different. Right. And and we should note that, I mean, even my next door neighbor, because I told her the story about you, then my next door neighbor was always asking me, what have you heard about Katie? As if she knew you, okay? You and know? I've got a nice card from her. How lovely. Yep. And she, she and her husband are just wonderful people. So, you know, I think that if we give opportunities for other people to show up, they do, you know? And yeah. yes. well, Katie White, I am thrilled beyond words 
to be able to call you my neighbor, but most of all, thrilled beyond, beyond, beyond words that you are still a part of this world because I can tell there is so much more you are going to give to it. I hope so. I am so happy to be part of this world. Thank you, Ellie. Okay, well, <laughs> Katie, thanks for being on Ellie 2.0 Radio. Okay, I wish you the very Thank best. You. Thank you. All right, listeners, Katie White. Go look at katiewhitedesigns.store. Check out her stuff. If you're going to be in Victoria, go find her at the Bulk Fest. And um, most of all, I hope that you root for her just like I am. Okay? All right. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, we'll be back in a second. We'll talk about my C block and talk to you a little bit about something big. Okay, we'll be back in a second. And we're back. Ellie 2.0 Radio. Katie White. What a lovely human. I've got to tell you, I was 10 years old, 1967, when Christian Barnard did the first heart transplant in South Africa. 10 years old. I remember. I remember. I remember reading about it as a kid. And how incredible, if you think about medicine, how incredible. For me then to end up um, becoming neighbors with somebody who had a heart transplant is thriving, doing well. How just incredible from 1967 to 2022. Okay, anyway, check out her website and uh, just let your heart beam a little bit that this human who now has a new heart is beaming too. Okay, C Block, um, I got big news for you, all right? Um, you know, I have been, I have been an advocate for people getting involved and I've multiple times I've talked with you about getting involved, doing things, being that idealist that you are, you know, and for a long time I've written about the need to get involved and I, I've, you know, advocated for it here on the show and in other, in other venues and a part of what that kind of advocation has been, I've, I've been telling people school boards are places where you need to show up need to support the educators. You need to do all of that stuff. And you know what? I'm 65 years old. I have no idea how many more rings I have um, to grab <clears throat> before I'll be out of rings. And uh, as you have heard on other shows, I started volunteering to go into Eastern Carver County schools to talk to the LGBTQ kids. I started doing that this spring. And I've got to tell you, those kids, and then watching the educators interact with them, I, they just ignited me. And somebody came to me and said, Ellie, there are going to be four openings at the school board this coming election. I think you should run. I had never, you know, I mean, the way that a lot of people get in, involved with politics is somebody says, we think you should do this. And I gave it great thought and went through a whole lot of process about some due diligence and all that, in part because I've only lived in Victoria for um, oh, Jan since January of 2021. But, okay, but, 
but I uh, decided to do it. And so, what, about a month ago, I, uh, I uh, filled out the paperwork and put my name into the hat, and I am now one of 12 candidates running for the Eastern Carver County School School Board, District 112. Um, and, oh, if you want to go check out the campaign website, it's Ellie, E-L-L-I-E, for district with the word for spelled out, L-E-F-O-R, district112.com. Please check it out. Um, Brett Johnson, my producer here, is going to do a little bit of a, he's going to do an interview of me after I get done with this show, and that'll go up onto uh, the AM 950 podcast, where you can certainly grab it. Um, and the only thing I want to talk to you about is that I just got done speaking to you about Mary Potola being nonpartisan, and about her essentially like treating everybody with decency and, and all of that stuff. Now, the, the warning that I got bef- as I was contemplating about running, the warning that I got was that because I'm transgender and because of who I am and because the work I do across the country about diversity, equity, and inclusion, um, that I, you know, it could be very difficult for me Okay, that that would be something that people intolerant would focus on. And, you know, um, again, 65 years old, relatively tough nut. I'm okay with the risk of that. But I've decided to do a little Mary Peltola because I've decided to reach out to other candidates and just talk to them. I have. And, and to get to know them. And, you know, in the course of doing that, I, you know, uh, heard some things that weren't, you know, that kind of hurt my heart a little bit. But yesterday I sat with one of the candidates who one would think would be quite different. And we had a lovely interview, just getting to know this person. You know, not interview, but conversation. Sorry, it wasn't an interview, it was a conversation. But I, I reached out to this person, and, and, and this person, um, in the course of us talking, was vulnerable. You know, and there were some uh, tears in their eyes um, at one point. And I, 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 I failed to, I should have acknowledged the emotional uh, nature of, of what they were saying, and, and I should have just said, do you need to cry? And I should have said that I did not but I sent an email afterwards and said, I just want to make sure I acknowledge that you, you know, that you showed your heart and I appreciated that. And, 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 and here's what I believe. Okay. I, I am. And I'm not only with that person, but with other people, not even candidates, but other people who I'm being told, well, Ellie, they're not going to support you or Ellie, you know, they, they've got a way different view of the world than you do, Ellie. And I'm, I'm reaching out to them. I am. I'm going and I'm talking to them. I am. I'm, I am doing that. Why? Why not? Why not? I get elected. I'm going to represent everybody. Everybody. But most importantly, it's because I believe in the goodness of all humans. Well, the 2% that are difficult, but 98% of all humans are good. You've heard me say that like 900 times 
<clears throat> throughout the course of this this show, LA 2.0 Radio. And I believe, okay, that if you show up, that's half the battle. You just heard me talk to Katie White about, you know, the superficial stuff. You don't even ask a name. And look what you miss. You miss a human suffering. You miss the opportunity to do good. You miss the opportunity to help another human just simply because you didn't even ask a name. You know, how many of us do that? We, we encounter people regularly. Hi, how are you? We don't even ask their name. And asking the name, <laughs> that's the first barrier that you get past. You know, now, of course, with this voice of mine, we've got other barriers. I understand that. All the more reason, though, for me to talk to people who might, might want to marginalize me in some way. Because if they get to know me and they get to find out that I'm just like them in many ways, yeah, the voice doesn't work with the appearance, but if otherwise we got all the same things in common, like we all want our kids to succeed and we all want a 20 minutes of peace, we all want to love and be loved, which I learned, I, I found that out, you know, yesterday talking with this person, another candidate, who's also running for one of those seats. You know, we've just got to do this because our failure to do this, failure to reach out across, the failure to show up as humans, the failure to be good to each other, the failure to give, give people a chance, the failure, the failure to, to be open, but instead to run to places that we close and we call names and, and, and we put people in categories and we shut everybody out. All of that has gotten us to where we are right now as a country. And in my small way, in my small little world, in District 112, Eastern Carver County Schools, whether I get elected or not, I'm going to do my part to change that. I am. I mean that, too. So, go listen to the podcast if you want to find out more, okay? Uh, about me as a candidate. I'm not going to be talking about this a whole lot as we go forward, but there's an election in November, November 8th. School boards are always at the bottom of the ballot. Make sure you get that far. Okay, well, we've had a great show. Uh, Brett Johnson, my wonderful producer, has done always good work. Uh, you, my listeners, I have loved having you here. I really, really appreciate it. And um, I'll be back uh, next week on Saturday. I'll be live. There you go. So, hey, maybe you call in, okay? In the meantime, go out, do some good. Make the world better because you never know what anybody's going through if you just say only hi, how are you? And you don't go and at least learn their name. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.